Ah, oh, man. I love orange soda. Who loves orange soda? <laughs> it's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're looking at the Witcher's episode titles. Okay. I have no idea what this means for anybody, but we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll walk through <laughs> it. Uh, Black Adam, the Rocks movie, is setting the stage for the JSA. Okay, you're going to have to explain that anagram for me. That's fine. Uh, Josh Trank, if you remember him, uh, reviews his own Fantastic Four movie. Okay, four stars, two thumbs up. <laughs> and more. I will tell you he does not do that. So <laughs> I will guess, is, is JSA like Justice Society of America or something that like that? That is I'm, correct. Oh, I just pulled that out of nowhere. I've, I'm not familiar with whatever that league is, but if you know enough about the DC Universe, you can kind of just like pull these nouns together and just complete anagrams just on the fly. J, J- Justice, it's always Justice something. Justice mm-hmm. League, Justice Society, Justice Team, Justice Group. Society also feels like very much a DC term. I feel like in the Marvel universe, there would they would they wouldn't use the word society. They'd want to bring in something else, and they're like tactical or advantage or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But um, as you can tell, we are kind of off the cuff here because Chris and I are saving all of our stories uh, to just put them onto this podcast because it's a slow news news. It, week it is our two hundred fiftieth episode, so congratulations to us, Mike. Yeah. But it is by far the the least amount of news we've ever had. Yeah, I this feel. is this is what happens when um you record like a pop culture news show close to a holiday because uh all of these uh, all of these brands all of these companies and corporations they're all holding back they they want to wait until um people are out of the holiday spirit or just enough in the holiday spirit to buy things so mm-hmm. i mean people already have their star wars tickets you're already subscribed to disney plus uh disney can't sell you anything else right now until january so well, it's it's true. Um, what I think is, you know, I, I enjoy about, you know, everyone's like, oh, Black Friday, Black Friday. Well, Black Friday deal started today for a lot of the stuff I was interested in. Mm-hmm. And even so bar- back as Friday, because uh, I used that to buy my first Android tablet this week. Oh, look to at play, you. To play I didn't even. <laughs> I don't even think Android tablets honestly really exist. I don't know if what you bought is real or not. You yeah. might just be in a coma right now because I don't think I've ever once witnessed somebody on a tablet that wasn't an iPad. It's. Uh, I will tell you, it is the most confusing purchase I ever had to buy in my life uh, <laughs> because they come in all sorts of letters and numbers and varieties and shapes and sizes. And uh, the one I bought was a Galaxy Tab A. Mm-hmm. Um, which they they made it in 2016, and now there's a 2019 version, and they're entirely different machines with the same name in different sizes. So trying to find a case for this thing has been an absolute nightmare all around. But, <laughs> but you, you basically were just looking for a monitor pretty much for your xCloud gaming service, right? Yes. So I, I bought it because I, I was asked to be part of the xCloud beta, which is essentially Netflix for streaming video games. I, so I, so Bill Gates showed up on your doorstep and yes. he cordially invited you. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, it was a handwritten invitation. Um, he, his calligraphy is off. The wall, man. You would not believe Bill Gates. Well, he has to celebrate because he is now officially again the richest man on the planet. Uh, I don't know if uh, if the stocks were reevaluated or something like that, but he, I guess he. he uh, leapfrogged over Jeff Bezos earlier this week. I'm sure they'll trade back and forth, but you well, know, <laughs> not with that cyber truck coming from Elon Musk. I'll tell you Woo! what, that, that's going to cyber truck. Yeah, we should have put that in the news if we needed to pad out this this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, th- well, essentially, Mike has always talked about Google Stadia, where they they play the games on their servers, and you just watch play the stream. Right, you're watching the mm-hmm. stream. That is what XCloud is. The same thing. So. Um, I have the ability to stream off my Xbox the games I own, but there are 50 free games on this that I get to play with. On the, mm-hmm. But it requires an Android tablet to get the beta app because the iOS ones don't have beta apps. So, so correct me if I'm wrong, okay, but uh, Stadia, you're streaming from Google's computer. Yes. Basically, probably somewhere on the West Coast uh, in Silicon Valley, I would imagine. And there, I'm sure they'll roll out CDNs or whatever. They, in the they future, have so that Stadia has a bunch of our servers already built. Anything that runs Google will run Stadia. Gotcha. So uh, XCloud, it's your Xbox is the server. The thing in your home is not, serving you your game, right? Not currently. 
Okay. Um, currently, I'm streaming off of Xbox's servers, wherever those are. Probably on the West Coast. Um, mm-hmm. But whenever they launch xCloud to the world, it should open that up to, to it, yes. Oh, because I think you can do that with PlayStation now. I don't think it's like a, a cloud thing, but I believe you can stream your PlayStation games over the PlayStation app on your phone, and like you can sync your controller to the phone. Yeah. I haven't tried it because, I mean, it's not that far of a walk. I don't live in a mansion where like I can't get to my console because it's like a five-minute walk, so uh, yeah, I don't... I don't Stadia, it's been a rough launch. That's yeah, sure. yeah, we, we've talked about all sorts of stuff this week that was not news-related, because there was no news um, for, for this show. But, um, but yes, yeah, so, so essentially I can play my Xbox games. These The, the ones are providing to me, like there's 50 of them, wherever I want to for the, for the time being. So I got this tablet, it was very cheap to try it out and, and see what that the experience was like, because I, I'm, I, as people know, I'm a gamer, I like my Xbox, I like my stuff, I beat Star Wars Fallen Order, the story mode on Friday night even, so. I just like how you said, I'm a gamer, I'm gonna get you one of those uh, shirts, it's like all black with white, with like white uh, distress lettering that says like, yeah, I'm a gamer, what about it? Uh-huh, yeah, you know, exactly, I can pro- fight me, I'll, fight me, bro. I'll, I'll roll into my local Hot Topic <laughs> or Spencer's Gifts, and I'm sure I can find that t-shirt for you. Yeah, yeah, and um, so... But yeah, that's that's what I've you know that's what that was in the tab. But Black Friday deals are online already, which is great because now I don't have to go leave my family on Thursday night to go fight people at a store to get whatever deals they're <laughs> having uh, for this week. So I just wanted to to share. I'm happy they've gone the route of the internet because I was in Best Buy to get this tablet. Right, TVs mm-hmm. were stacked higher than me, eight foot tall stacks of TVs around Ooh. this place. Uh, I mean, so, the, the the season's crazy because, like you just said, Black Friday deals are already rolling out now. You don't even have to wait for a specific day anymore. We've already we've already stretched Black Friday to specific days. So, like, Saturday is, like, local business Saturday. I don't know what the hell Sunday is. But I know Monday is Cyber Monday. And then Tuesday is this new thing that I didn't realize. It's called Giving Tuesday where you're supposed to uh, kind of cleanse your soul of all of the capitalistic purchasing that you've done for the last couple of days and you donate to charity. Uh, so I guess if you guys want to, if you guys want to appease the guilt, uh, give to a charity on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. That's right. Donate that stuff that you just replaced with all your new stuff, because we all know you're not buying gifts for other people on Black Friday. You're buying it for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. I have a question out there in the world for people. Oh. Now we're talking about holidays and the seasons. Uh, I uh, has anybody tried that new Sprite yet? That cranberry spiced Sprite? Because I don't think that they're just mimicking like what Sierra Mist does with their cranberry flavoring. Because that's just like cranberry flavoring added to the lemon lime drink. I'm curious what the word spiced means. I feel like there's got to be like some nutmeg or cinnamon or something thrown in there on top of the cranberry. I don't know. So I've been looking out for this Sprite spiced cranberry. I don't want to buy like a whole giant thing of it. So if anybody's tried it, let me know what's going on there. Yeah, I'm interested as well. I might just go get one. That's what I'll do. I mean, we like to try funny drinks and foods here. So, you know, I might, I might go give it a game. Can you beat Chris to the punch? <laughs> is it is it a... Uh... Cranberry spiced punch. It's a literal. It's a literal. It. It's a literal punch, Chris. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit punch. So, um, but other than that, this week, have you done anything else this weekend, Mike? I'm, I'm, I feel like I haven't talked to you in a few days. Well, uh, as I said last week, uh, when we went to Disneyland, I wasn't able to get into the proper cantina there because I didn't know that you needed a, um, a reservation to get in. You have to like schedule this thing out. I had no idea, so I'm going to have to wait till the next time I go back. But uh, being out here in Los Angeles, uh, there is plenty of themed bars and attractions for people. And in the heart of Hollywood, there's a bar called the Scum and Villainy Cantina, which opened, I want to say like a year and a half ago, somewhere around that. And uh, I finally went around uh, there yesterday morning because they were doing a Friends friends the sitcom themed trivia game and my wife and her friends uh and myself have seen the show and know a lot about it so we're like oh let's compete so we so we headed down there to play some friends trivia and i was like pleasantly surprised uh with uh how much effort was put into this cantina i mean i didn't get to see the one proper at disneyland but i had just come back from disneyland where they spend a lot of time and effort you know building things to make them look very nice and i thought you know just for like an independent uh a uh, group of people that put this bar together. It looked pretty decent. Um, so we hung out in the Scum and Villainy Cantina, played some friends trivia, did not win. Uh, I'm not a fan 
of when uh, trivia games go for names of characters, you know? It's like, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's not really testing the part of your brain that retains, like, trivia of a show, like, oh, what things happened, or what weird, quirky thing happened? It's just like, what was the name of this one character's son? And it's just like, I don't don't remember the character's name. I can kind of remember who the actor was, so I I wasn't a big fan of the trivia questions, but... um, it was, it was pretty cool. So if you're ever in Hollywood, go check out Scum and Villainy Cantina. Across the street, there was a Popeye's, and I hopped over there to try to get myself a chicken sandwich because I haven't tried it yet, and I hear the whole world is raving about this chicken sandwich. And I walked on in, and the line was like 10 people long, and the trivia game was starting in like 10 minutes, and I was like, I can't I can't wait in this line. This Popeye's doesn't look like it's, uh, it's going to be turning around these chicken sandwiches very quickly. So I got to smell the inside of the Popeye's, but I haven't had a chance to taste the Popeye's yet. Oh, my gosh. I had one today. I waited 40. 40- minutes in this line today whoa uh no not 40 probably closer to 30 minutes still still it's supposed to be fast food yeah no it's not fast food it's good food um, <laughs> but i would tell you it was the best sandwich chicken sandwich i've had for them for a while i must have been Ooh. fresh but I, I went i went rogue and got their pumpkin pie they have there they cover it in cinnamon sugar so be wary do not eat that in the car because it's coated <laughs> in cin- i pulled it out and, you know, it's like glitter, cinnamon sugar everywhere. I'm like, nope, popped it back in. Like, <laughs> I'm waiting until I get somewhere safe to eat this because... Are, are you a pumpkin pie lad for Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's divisive. Uh, the wife and I have been asking around because we're hosting a Thanksgiving here. And uh, we just don't know if it's worth making a pumpkin pie for two reasons. The first reason it is, it is relatively decisive. Some people just don't want it. Either they don't like it or they're turned off by it or they say it's just not worth the effort. they rather have a different pie. Uh, but number two is we make a different pumpkin dessert here in the Royer household, which is delicious. Uh, it's a pumpkin roll. It's basically like a giant like Swiss cake roll, but, um, but the cake is sponge is flavored with like the pump with pumpkin pie filling it's like literally the same ingredients uh, except i believe there's more flour mixed into it to kind of make a cakey thing and then you roll it up and the cream on the inside is like this cream cheese frosting it's just delicious it's like a superior pumpkin flavored object so if you if you ever were like just kind of eh on a pumpkin pie, look up a pumpkin roll recipe. You can like make it ahead of time. It's it's absolutely delicious. So that's that's kind of the thing I look forward to at Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean I I'm I'm a pumpkin pie fan. Also in 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 the Midwest here we have something called persimmon pudding. I don't know Ooh. if you're familiar. I have no idea. If you look up like the lore of like foods in the Midwest, like specifically Indiana, it says like, oh, Indiana, famously known for their sugar cream pie. I'm like, what? I've never seen a sugar cream pie before in my life. So I don't know what that is, but I didn't know there was a persimmon thing in the Midwest either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Persimmon pudding. I had some uh, yesterday, my aunt's uh, 50th birthday party. They had some and they had two people brought, I mean, two people made different persimmon puddings. That's how popular it is. Dueling puddings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everyone wins really in this situation. Um, but I really enjoyed uh, that as well as the um, putting whipped cream on it as well as pumpkin pie. And I don't think I will ever make pumpkin pie, but I will definitely buy me a pumpkin pie for this, <laughs> this holiday season. I'm not above spending money on food. That's what Chris says. Yeah, exactly. You are hundred percent not wrong there. Um, but yeah, so the, other than that, I'm going to go ahead and share with you. I saw two movies this week already. I, I went out of my way and got went to the theater twice. I saw one movie and I think we have a little bit of a Venn diagram overlap there, Chris. Okay. So the one first, I'll start with the first one because I think this will be the shortest one we talk about here. Uh, Frozen 2. <laughs> um, not too bad, to be honest. A lot more singing than I wanted, but the story was definitely different than I anticipated all around. Uh, I, I think, you know, again, with... I think Frozen is a Disney animated, not Pixar, if I'm right. Yes, it, it, Disney, correct. Um, the the animation's always good. It, it's good to feel have um, this essentially superhero with ice powers throughout the whole movie. Uh, actually use them rather than be afraid of them like the first time. So uh, it was definitely uh, a, a fun, a fun little, fun little jaunt there and, and through this. And while there are a bunch of questions and plot holes, it's still a kids' movie and not for me. So at the end of the day, I'm I'm letting it go. Speaking of it being a kids' movie, Chris. I uh, I believe I sent you a picture last night uh, yeah. during my screening of it, and uh, we rolled up. I bought my tickets a few days ago, so we were a little late to the jump, so we had to kind of sit on the edge of a row, so of a sold-out row, so we're like, okay, and once we get there, we find out that the that the six seats to the right of us are all filled with, like, four-year-old girls, like, the exact 
demographic for this movie. And even the parents that were like watching over all of them who were on the other side of them kind of looked at us and they're like, oh, sorry about this, guys, but it looks like you got to sit next to like the Motley crew. I don't remember what the grandfather called these group of children, but I was kind of curious why the grandpa was there. It was like a whole family outing. I don't know if these were like cousins or what the deal was, but I leaned over to my wife and I was just like, well, I'm going to get like instant feedback of whether this movie is, uh, is, 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 is entertaining for these children or not. So I kind of, I kind of leaned into it. Usually when I go to like a Pixar movie or a Disney animated film, I just understand that there's going to be children in the audience. So my expectations are a lot lower for the behavior of the theater, but I have to say these kids were pretty much uh, well behaved for all intents and purposes. Uh, the little girl next to me got a little uh, got a little trigger happy with the uh, reclining seat, so she kept lowering it and raising it and lowering it and raising it. And this usually would happen during a more emotional scene during the movie. And it's just like that's right, kids can't really concentrate during these really in depth character moments. So I was just like, all right, you know, these kids uh, they get bored of things quickly. So after a couple ups and downs. Of the seat, literally, they went back to, I don't know, watching the movie or twiddling their thumbs, whatever children do. Uh, But uh, I didn't think these songs were as uh, catchy as the first ones, you know. Uh I didn't feel like I didn't feel like we got quite a quite as much of a banger out of this one as uh, Let It Go. Uh, I rewatched the first Frozen uh, last night on Disney Plus before we checked this one out. Well, I think um, I I think this one was funnier. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. I don't think. Maybe spoilers. I don't know. Jump ahead, but there's a part part where they recap the first Frozen, and but it's like halfway through this movie. Yeah, and like a Michael Pena recap style <laughs> from the MCU, and it is fantastic. Like, oh that yeah, was, that, that was beautiful. That's part great. There's there's a funny kind of homage to an '80s song in this yep. film that I, I I appreciated, but I wouldn't say the song was necessarily. It didn't get it get its I, hooks into me. I just appreciated the parody. I know? remember it's there. I don't remember any words of the rhythm whatsoever. Uh-huh. Like well, I'm like well, I remember it. Well, that's a big thing. I would probably have to watch this movie again to make my final consensus on the songs. But I feel like in the first film, once like a character usually goes through some sort of transformation during the course of the song. They they yeah. either have a question at the beginning of it, and they've reached their answer by the end of the song, and they know their path moving moving forward. And I feel like half of the songs in this movie are just kind of just there to just enter purely entertain and not really to push the story along so uh i'm still very much on board with the first one it seems like that they're probably going to make a third one uh, even though they kind of allude at the end that this could be the final journey but it's it's hard to imagine that this is where they leave it because it seems like there's still some unanswered questions but expect a third frozen everybody well i was reading the producers are like no we don't want to do a third one they were like, hmm. where this one ends is fine with us. Like, we're, we're cool with this. But will the box office tell us in six years we'll get a Frozen 3 again? <laughs> eh, probably. Or, since Disney Plus is a thing now, maybe it'll be a limited Disney Plus series with, it's, like, it's gonna be ancillary an characters. <laughs> it's going to be Olaf the movie with, with the, the, what's the, the reindeer? Uh, oh, Sven. Sven, yeah. Olaf so. is the best character in Frozen, hands down. Did you uh, stay after the credits? Yes, I did. We, so we got that, uh, and we got bit. a recap of Frozen Two in, in the same manner, which was fantastic. Uh, and it's the there's they added a new cute character to this franchise, but I'm already on board with the cutest character of our generation right now, Baby Yoda, and yeah. nothing's gonna top that cuteness right now. So I was just like, get out of here, stupid little whittling creature. I need room for Baby Yoda in my head, not not your baby dog eyes. So yeah. So I think I think it's okay. I just don't think. I mean, it's not gonna. It didn't knock my socks off at the end of yeah. the day. So. Can you tell that we're not a uh, we're not a Disney animated Frozen podcast over here? Yeah. Seriously, no, not at all, uh, at all. But on that note, that was my Thursday. Friday, I went and finally got to see the early preview of Knives Out. Oh, cool! Ryan Johnson movie. My, my my parents are currently trying to make the decision between these two movies because uh, they had to shift their Thanksgiving a few days. So on Thursday, they don't have any immediate plans. So they're just like, we think we're going to go to a movie, but we don't know if we're going to see Frozen or Knives Out. And I was like, you should go see Knives Out. That seems like it'd be a little bit more up your alley. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, the trailers set this up as um, a, a huge murder mystery film and while it is it's not at the same time Um, which it's good it's a good movie but i don't think it's as good as it could have been uh and i've 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 had this conversation uh, in the house the past few times over the past two days i'm like i wish 
this would have been better than it really was. It's not bad, but golly, I feel like there's a bunch of like wasted opportunity in here. Um, so I, I don't, I mean, I don't want to say anything because it is a, a mystery movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the, the actors are great. The, the, the thing is, is awesome, but like, there's just so much left on the table, um, that yeah. was not used. I, f- I feel like, unfortunately, the climate of cinema has really gotten to me, whereas I don't get out of my house to go to a theater unless it's like a big experience, you know, like a Marvel movie or like a big budget thing. So I don't think I ever would have gotten out of my car to go see Knives Out, but this seems like a film that will land on like HBO or Netflix or a streaming service, and then I'll just catch it there and I'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's probably the best way to do it if you're on the fence and if you want to go. I mean, definitely share your feedback with me as well, um, because I like I said it's hard because it is a murder mystery. I don't want to say anything, but it, it is not set up like the trailers let you think it is, uh, which which is eh, kind of interesting because I was like, oh, it looks like Clue. It's not like Clue. I'll tell you that right now. If you're going and expecting Clue, you're going to be disappointed. Well, Clue's a very specific uh, movie that I yeah. think it, it's it's more it's comedy. Knives Out isn't supposed to be a comedy, right? Yeah, yeah well, it's kind of like a dark comedy, I guess, at, at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, it's it's weird. But I will tell you the only thing I that had me when you mentioned when you sent me photos of the girls beside you at Frozen <laughs> Two, I had um, this um, again these like five or six boomers beside me and they were horrible like the old guy beside me like would get us on his phone like every like, 15 oh minutes. my gosh yeah and like have it up to his face so i couldn't see a lot of it but i could sometimes but the people behind him i know could for yeah. sure like the, the yeah the great thing about small children is if you're if they're in your theater you gotta you gotta sit next to the ones that aren't old enough to have cell phones yet then usually they'll focus on the movie because they got nothing else to focus on yeah so uh that was uh they were the, they were the disappointing portion portion of that, but um, yeah. So I, I got to see that one this weekend as well. And then also, I just want to point out before Thanksgiving, I get to watch my favorite movie for Thanksgiving: Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, a movie about Thanksgiving. So if you get a chance to watch this comedy, see Martin John Candy, uh, John Hughes from the eighties. This is your week to do it, folks. Get on it. But yeah, anyway. there you go. Uh, I, uh, I I was reminded when we were talking about checking out movies on a streaming service uh, the other week during, uh, I believe it was Veterans Day holiday, uh, I went on Amazon Prime and I saw that they were streaming the movie Overlord. It's that uh, bad robot mm-hmm. movie that everybody thought was going to be the secret Cloverfield sequel because I at one point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I believe the the synopsis leaked and it's about like World War Two uh, uh, parachute troopers i don't really paratroopers that that's what you call them paratroopers they like land in france and they're they are supposed to um like sneak into this uh base and uh then like monsters or aliens or whatever are supposed to come out that was the early synopsis and then everybody like went on the hype train of like oh this is the next cloverfield movie they got to the point where like jj had to like go out at a convention was like this is not a cloverfield movie this is its own standalone thing so uh, I checked the film out, and it felt like uh, I was watching like a really long video game cutscene, almost from beginning to end. It was kind of a weird experience. I looked up the director afterward, almost expecting him to have like experience like directing video game cutscenes because that's an actual thing, or at least a video game cinematic, like a promo. And it, that wasn't the case. He had worked on other things, but like uh, it starts off with a pretty intense like scene jumping from like a burning plane, and then you have like military like style shooting going around. And then there's like monsters, and it, it was it, it it seemed like it it wasn't leaning into any particular direction. Like I felt like it could have gone on full on camp and really leaned into like these not Nazi monster type things, or it maybe could have gone a little bit more subtle and more horror vibes. But it kind of rides the middle to where it's really not uh, it's really not particularly uh, engaging in either way. So it, it wasn't the worst thing to watch if you just need something to throw on in the background. You want to see some actually pretty cool practical effects because that's one thing that I would uh, that I would praise the movie for is I believe the director went out of their way to when they did like some sort of gore effect they wanted to do it as practical as possible so if you want to see some cool practical effects check out uh, overlord yep. over there on amazon yep and if you've got prime you've already got the ability to watch it so yeah there you go go you also uh, mandalorian keeps pumping out there but i did we we have a mutual friend uh pan who was like why can't people put 48 hour spoiler caps on their mandalorian reviews and i agree so yes be wary on fridays anytime when Mandalorian reviews or 
spoilers will drop and ruin your yeah. your Friday. I, I don't I don't know if people were just a little better about it this week because uh, in this week's episode, no spoilers. I wouldn't say there's one specific moment yeah. to pull out that would have been considered a spoiler. Still a great episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, so maybe that kind of stemmed the spoilers a little bit. Uh, but uh, I really kind of liked the cameo. There's an object cameo in it from uh, from one of the earlier original Star Wars. And when it popped out on the countertop, I looked over at my wife. I was like, oh, my God, that's a thing. And she was just like, what? It's like, what are you talking about? And then I had like to pull up like the Wikipedia article. And I was like, see, this is a thing. And uh, I was I was a little bit more entertained than she was. So that was it was a cool deep cut. I, I enjoyed seeing that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, overall, show continues to 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 do uh, great things, so we got that going for us. However, we're gonna jump into Star Wars, Mike, because we got news. We got some news here. We're gonna try to to wrap up the show with with news and 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 not as much of us just talking about stuff. Um, but are you familiar with the character Doctor Afra at all in, in Star Wars? Absolutely not. I, w- I woke up this morning and I hopped on my phone and I saw this in my feed and I was like, who is this person? And the- I believe they were using some sort of a comic book art for this uh, post. And I was like, is that a green Chewbacca back there? What is going on? So I was like, well, all I have to do is wait a couple hours and Chris will tell me. Yeah. So Dr. Afra was uh, popped up in um, some, some uh, Star Wars books, particularly the Vader books in like, uh, I think 2016 or so. Um, and she is essentially a, uh, like a, the moral inverse of an Indiana Jones. Like she's like very much into adventures and stuff, but for like money and like artifacts that are like bad, like not, not treasures, but like bad things that can like the Darth Vader sent her to get some stuff essentially is how we get introduced to her. And then she became such a popular character with her like kill bots who are like C-3PO and R2-D2 like, like black versions with red eyes and they like kill people uh, that she spun into her own comic book series later that year even. So is she a bad guy or an anti-hero? Anti-hero uh, oh, okay. for sure. And Darth Vader was trying to kill her but she ended up escaping I believe um, and, and that's why she was able to continue living on I think so um, yeah, she's very much an anti-hero imagine like, like I said Indiana Jones style adventures in the Star Wars universe um, but she has like two murder robots, triple zero and BT one. So, All right. Um, and, uh, she, she worked, she deals with like that Wookiee. I think you're seeing was, was he greenish blackish kind of colorish? Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So they are, uh, he, he's, a an evil Wookiee bounty hunter. So, uh, she, she deals with some rough crowds. I could see her cross with the Mandalorian at some point maybe, but, um, I think, I think, uh, her series, her, her, where she lives at is after A New Hope, but before Empire Strikes Back. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously the character's already been proven story-wise in comic books, but I can very, I can very easily imagine kind of like dark artifacts kind of strewn throughout the galaxy. I mean, basically the Empire are basically you know Nazis. We always hear fictional stories about, or possibly real stories of Nazis like in World War II, like looking for like special artifacts to get the edge on the war front. You know, I mean that's basically how Hellboy was created. So. So, you know, I could see, I could see this working. Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, it's one of those things like, you know, there is some stuff to adapt here and she doesn't really affect the, uh, overall Skywalker storyline. So they could follow down this rabbit hole very easily and not affect anything on on the whole, you know? So, um, definitely interesting character. I mean, I'd recommend kind of, um, if you get a chance to pick up some of her stories, she has her own solo series. But I also know she was picked up in I think I think it was the Vader books is where she she was introduced. So, but she's also not on Vader's good side by the end, which is which is fun for for a character. Uh, also, um, we are we how many? We're less than thirty days. Are we like twenty days away? Maybe you know thirty less than thirty for the Rise of Skywalker, Mike. I am so stoked to watch Star Wars in theaters again. How do you feel? You still feeling good? Oh yeah, I mean, I got to see a I got to see a Star Wars trailer uh, before Frozen, and the man, the music just always always hooks me. I'm still very uh, cautiously optimistic about what's going to happen in the film, but uh, man, I know the music's always going to be great. Yeah, I would also be careful. Hulu is showing a Star Wars TV trailers in between <sighs> their stuff now. Yeah, well, I'm glad I have the commercial free version. Yeah, um, because we 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 borrow Hulu um, from from somebody else, but like we were watching. Um, 
on Fox, uh, something on Fox, but they, they had a, some new trailers. It was footage I've never seen before. So I was like, Oh my gosh, turn it off. Look away. <laughs> Earmuff. Uh, so, um, but those, those are out there, but, um, apparently, um, that the, uh, Palpatine was added by JJ Abrams to the script and was not in Colin Trevorrow's original plans when he wrote his script and story for the, for the movie. Oh, which, interesting. And Trevorrow will get a story by credit in, in this movie even. Hmm. They they all broke up. Man, this is a. I guess this is J.J. Abrams' uh, time to nut up or shut up, if you will. I know you yeah. have problems with him in the first film because you felt like he was uh, he was writing to an end and he didn't care what he left unanswered and it was <laughs> somebody else's problem. So uh, I guess, ironically, it is now his problem again. So we'll have to see what he ends up doing with that. Um, I mean, I like the, we all know I like The Force Awakens, so hopefully we'll get a little bit more of that. But it makes me wonder, I, it, to me, it seems like Palpatine is a very integral part of the story, at least from the very vague trailers we've gotten. So it, it seems weird to say, like, Palpatine was added by J.J. Abrams. I wonder if he just completely restructured the story, because it seems like you don't just add a character like that in the uh-huh. story. Like, it seems like you're going to have to move mountains to kind of fit that character in, so... Uh, I guess we just have a couple weeks to find out. Well, I mean, if he could make him work in there, and, and again, like, again, I heard this phrase earlier, if they found the key to unlock that character's use in the story without making it feel completely stupid, you know, more power to him. So uh, will, will it work in the long run? I don't know. I'm very I'm very excited to kind of see how this, this works out and watch it and be surprised. Um, at the very least, I mean, to get a Star Wars experience in cinema, even if it's not the best one in the world and you don't agree with it, it's still a great experience because... Like you said, the the effects, the sound, the emotion, it's all there throughout the whole thing. So, what? yeah, we uh, I, I'm looking at our Star Wars bingo card uh, right now. Uh-oh. So I saw that we we had a fresh new lightsaber color, and I'm almost a little worried that that space was wasted on the new Star Wars game that just came out. Because you were telling me there's an orange lightsaber in that game, right? There, well, actually, after beating the game, there are multiple colors. <laughs> oh, okay. So you get an orange maybe- one if you pre-order. You get access to the orange one. I think maybe that's maybe that that's putting enough creative juju into the world that we'll see at least one lightsaber color that's kind of fresh and new in this film so we can mark off that space um and there there was a new there was a new promo uh photo for the knights of ren that came out this week and the first thing i did was try to look at their weapons because our second spot in our car is knights of ren will have a will have weird weapons so right now they they kind of just seem to be blunt objects or guns so we're probably gonna have to see them in action to see if they transform at all or if maybe some sort of weird thing happens the a, way they shoot a blunt force trauma weapon in the star wars universe is very weird <laughs> like I would say in the Force Awakens, the stormtrooper that has that weird uh, wiggling like baton laser beam yeah. thing or whatever—I don't even know if it was a laser beam or was it like a billy club. It was like I'm a stun. Not... It was a stun. It was a stun baton. Yeah. yeah, basically that's what I would consider weird. So I'm hoping one of these Knights of Ren weapons do something weird so we can mark that mark that spot spot off. Yeah, they were. Um, There's a. I, the, this is how I knew I was watching Star Wars. There was a shot of them all together in the new. TV spot, and I'm like, no, stop! This is I know what this is. Yeah. Uh, so, um, hope I didn't I didn't dig in that like you did, but if that screenshot pops up, I will definitely uh, take take a look at that <clears throat> for sure. But I mean, so excited for Star Wars. On that note, uh, with Disney Plus, you know, next year we we get our first Marvel show, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and they're filming that right now. And while you can't hide in a football field, apparently it looks like they might be using the U.S. agent symbol. Uh, which looks to be like a kind of uh, bastardized Amer- a Captain America symbol to promote him at like a football gathering or something like that. It looks like here. Hmm. Maybe maybe they're gonna. Um, maybe the government is looking at it from this point of view. Like maybe with Captain uh, with Cap gone, they're trying to kind of fill this void that's in the country. So they're kind of manufacturing, you know, a brand new superhero in that realm, and they're just calling, you know, because that makes sense bring them out at a football game, a big press release, something like that. So, um, and I could see maybe Bucky and, well, um, Bucky and, um, uh, Falcon, not really uh, vibing with that guy. Well, you also, I mean, it, it all depends on, cause Captain America has been on the American shit list since uh, civil war. So, that's true. Um, do they even know he's gone? At, I guess at this point is another thing too, because he just kind of did his time traveling thing and then disappeared. 
Well, if they do know he's gone, that's good because they could say, well, now he's out of the way. Now there's room to bring in our own guy that we control. Yeah. And this looks very, I mean, it looks without the, it looks essentially just like the Captain America. It's got the blue circle, blue, white, and red circles, and an A in the middle with some wings for the star. So I'm interested to see kind of maybe how they use this a little bit and and what that means at the end of the, Mm -hmm. uh, the day. So, um... I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very excited to, to see what this is and maybe some more stuff. I kept looking at that, uh, last week that revealed Baron Zemo, like mask thing over and over mm-hmm. again. I'm like, oh man, I'm really excited to see where this goes. Oh, I should, I should update you. Um, I watched that, uh, building, what was it called? Building oh, the Assemb- Cinematic Assembling Universe? the Universe. Yeah. I watched that, uh, right after, uh, the podcast, uh, kind of check out some other stuff on Disney plus and. It's pretty fun. They do not talk about anything movie-wise. It's just all Disney Plus oriented, which makes sense because it's on Disney Plus. But it's a pretty fun fun way to get hyped. I mean, all of the screenshots of the concept are, are already out there. So if you've seen those, you're not really getting anything new. But it's kind of cool to get in the vibe because you kind of get like some shots from Comic-Con and D23. So that was fun. Um, but after I watched that, I started watching the uh, the the Disney Plus original documentary, uh, the Imagineering one. Okay. Um, I think episode three is out, so I watched the first two episodes, and that's actually pretty cool too because the the basically the first episode is all about building Disneyland, and episode two deals more with building Disney World. So you they interview a lot of these Imagineers. You get to go inside of the Matterhorn and with the guy who designed it, and it's kind of cool and sentimental. He like signs the wall on the inside. Um, because I guess everybody that works on the Matterhorn, there's like a there's like a wooden wall on the inside that they sign. So he built this thing like decades ago, and he finally got around to signing it. So they got that on camera. I thought that was pretty cool. But <laughs> at the same time, you can totally tell that this is a documentary made by the network that's airing it. Like you can, this is very much it's got Disney's fingers all over it for good and for bad because uh-huh. they can get exclusive access to these people and these places. But there's this kind of awkward moment at the beginning of it where they're like, oh, Walt Disney was growing tired of battling the rising costs of labor and and uh, work and labor unions. So he decided to build a theme park instead of dealing with all of that. And I was like, OK, I guess we're just going to skim over the fact that he didn't want to he didn't care about uh, people fighting for a working wage in his uh, in his studio. So, uh, you know, you, can, you take the good with the bad. But uh, I, I would check out uh, the Imagineering documentary if you wanted to kind of learn more about the Disney parks. It's pretty rad. I was very excited. I was almost watched that last night, but I ended up doing the uh, Jeff Goldblum thing instead because I was full of oh, laundry. So. How's how's that? I haven't checked that out yet. Uh, it, it's interesting because it's like a it is like a documentary, but it's like a story. Like he's like there's at one point where it's like and then I knew what I had to do. And I'm like oh okay, <laughs> but it's very very fun. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I think it was I got to see the other. I don't know if there's any other ones now. I just put it on while I was doing laundry, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was a fun time. Jeff Goldblum's a national treasure. National Treasure. Uh, also coming up to Disney Plus is the What If, the animated series we've talked about several times. Mm-hmm. You got to see the, the animation style during that assembly. Oh universe. yeah, that that is one thing that you can't get from a, a screenshot. It, it looked it looked pretty cool. It, it, seems it looks be better than cons- the still photos, doesn't it? Yeah, it seems to be a very consistent visual style. You know, I was kind of hoping and maybe expecting to see uh, like an animatrix type thing where every every episode's a little different uh, in the visual style, but. We got to see Peggy Carter running around with the shield, uh, hopping on the back of the mech that yep. uh, that uh, the, Steve Rogers, that, that, the Steve Rogers. Yeah, I was going to say Cat, but he's technically not Cat. That Steve Rogers is piloting. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then you got to see the Marvel zombies thing there at the end with. Bucky oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And then the same, then the same gif of T'Challa being underneath uh, Star Lord's mask. Yeah, yeah. Oh, over and over again. Uh, but apparently, um, I think it was Jeff Goldblum said Robert Downey Jr. was going to come back to. Voice Tony Stark in this show because we we said Tony, uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans weren't on the poster, but apparently Robert Downey Jr.'s people came out. It's like no, he's not returning to voice Tony Stark again. So I um, I, I but, feel like uh, uh, RDJ went out on top. Like yeah. he couldn't have had a better ending in a in this universe. So it's just like. I, as cool and as fun as he would like to maybe see his friends again and return, you know, that to that type of world, like, man, you've already, you've gone out like in the best way possible. It seems like now is the time that you move on to your weird indie dramatic stuff that you never could have gotten made before you were famous in Iron Man. Yeah, so, like uh, uh, Dr. Doolittle. 
Yeah, God, I guess. Uh, well, technically, that was kind of under produ- that was under production before he was uh, done at Marvel. So, I'll, oh, I'll wait, he was one, done. He was done filming. I'll let that movies. one slide. Well, he hadn't gone out and promoted it yet. Yeah. He was still in the he was still in the MCU machinery. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I think it's uh, yeah, but I, I agree. Like, I'm glad they're bringing some of the real people back to do the voicing, but do they even need to? I mean, again, watching Earth's Mightiest Heroes back, I'm like, whoever was voicing Tony Stark in this sounds enough like Robert Downey Jr. They could put him in this show, and I'd never know the difference. So th- does adding the actual actor as the voice bring any value to the show to you? I mean, it, it doesn't It doesn't hurt me either way. I'm glad that they can get the people that they can. I think that's great. There's no reason to, like, throw people out uh, because the you know they want to just do all like uh, animation voice actors. So you know if they can't get uh, Robert Downey Jr., no big deal. It's not yeah. it's not a big thing to me. Do you think they cut him out then? Uh, no, I think I think what you said works. Just get just get a just get a sound alike. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, not from my point of view. Considering the majority of these episodes, I feel like are going to be voiced by different characters. Because I mean, if you're if you're getting um, Peggy Carter and Steve Rogers in an episode, they're not going to bring Chris Evans back to be that Steve Rogers character. But I guess they it, it'll be a little bit easier uh, to trick the audience because he'll be his smaller self. So they you probably get away with using a different voice. But yeah, I, I, I'm just I'm just here for the cool what if stuff. I don't really care what they sound like. Yeah, no, I agree. I want to see the story. I don't care who's who's behind it. Mm-hmm. Um. If you are one of the sad suckers who bought that $560 Infinity Saga box set, apparently this is Ouch. a huge problem. A lot of these box sets are arriving damaged from Best Buy, who's, who's the provider. Um, they put them in the boxes without any padding, and then they're just getting shipped like that. Like, Oh, no. If I, if, I, if I am shelling out that much money for the vanity of a box, that box better come pristine, or I would be yeah. pissed. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's just – it's a – full thread of these people on, on Twitter, like doing this and, you know, Best Buy is like, well, we're sold out. So we can't really send you anything like a new one. So you either get a refund or, or and send it back or you just, you know, keep it as it is. So I'm like, these people, these people just need the mass refund, like just refund it all. Just like give the middle finger to Best Buy. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, that's rough. I, I, that, that sucks. But I mean, like, I, uh, I don't know. We we uh, we were on the fence. The only thing I want to see is that bonus disc. That's really all mm-hmm. I care about is the bonus disc. And apparently, some people have started to upload that stuff. I'm I'm trying. I'm hoping to see it uh, sooner than later. But um, it's just a lot of money for for that thing. And apparently, you know, it's going to come damaged. So good job. We have. I've not thought about the Fantastic Four movie since we reviewed it in 2015, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. That was like our first year of doing the show, wasn't it? Um. And we, 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 that was one of the spoiler casts we did back then. Uh, but apparently Josh Trank has moved over to Letterboxd. Um, and he's done a little review here. And he reviews himself more than the movie at the end of it. But um, he... Uh, I, I, what, what would prompt someone to do this, I guess? Is it the release the Snyder Cut? Because he, he hashtags release the Trank Cut. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's one way to pad out the show is just to be like, what is going? A lot of people are saying like the Snyder Cut thing is like this big like conspiracy that all of these actors are uh, are doing this upswell to try to convince them to release the Snyder Cut. I think it's just all a gaff. Like, who's the first pu- first person last week to hashtag release the Snyder Cut? Um, wasn't it Ben Affleck tweeted it? Oh, maybe, um, probably. I, I think so. And uh, and then, like, Gal Gadot followed, and then possibly Jason Momoa. I don't remember the chain of events. But I think these people were just doing it just for the hell of it. You know, all it takes is just Ben Affleck being bored for two seconds on his phone and just be and, – and, like, he could have just maybe had lunch with Zack Snyder. And now, he's he he got Google like, Alerts pinging him whenever someone types yeah. in Batman and Zack Snyder. And he's like, oh, yeah, I probably need to jump on this – don't forget I was Batman for two movies. Yeah, I I guarantee the fans out there who have done all of this research into the Snyder Cut and whether it exists or not know more than Ben Affleck knows. So I think he probably was just like, wouldn't it just be funny if I just tweeted the hashtag release the Snyder Cut? And then probably Gal Gadot's social media team, because I doubt she uses Twitter herself, was just like, oh, this would be funny. Gal Gadot is in that movie. We should also tweet the hashtag, and I think that's all it was. I think it was just people trying to get social media points, trying to get that clout. They're chasing that clout. I don't think the 
this has anything to do with any bigger conspiracy. So if we had to use that sentiment to come back to Josh Trank. Trank, I don't think you have any big celebs on your side to get that hashtag well, going, he, unfortunately. He even says, is there a release to Trank cut? He's like, it doesn't matter. I'm not Zack Snyder. Uh, which, <laughs> so he, he knows. He knows what he is. And his, his overall review is like, the movie is all right. And in my retrospect of this moment, I remember saying the first third if nay half of that movie is pretty good until they do a time jump. And when they do the time jump, it is completely the stupidest <laughs> movie you've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's not even just like a time jump. It's the, it's like the producer's jump. It's the studio's jump. Yeah. It's like the whole film jumps. So, wow. <laughs> and then they even copied the stupid Avengers assemble thing where they don't say it. it's like, it's like, oh, we're the fantastic, and then it just cuts off kind of thing. I was like, this is dumb. Well, wasn't didn't he like? Didn't the character at the very end like literally say, "Don't say it," and then the credits roll? I think that might have happened. I don't remember. It, it, the ending of that movie is so stupid. It is yeah, so by the time the movie ends, I was probably staring at the carpet because it was more entertaining than the film. Yeah. Well, I was watching the movie because I'm like, how did it go this wrong this fast? Because <laughs> <laughs> that was like a 180. They needed to up the ante, and they could have at the very least added two sky beams. Like, if you're just going to go generic into the sky beam realm, just make as many sky beams as you can. Yeah, and um, was it a, pla- a melted garbage bag over Dr. Doom's face to make him look better? Oh, gosh. Oh, Josh Trank. What, what is he up I need, to? Is, I, I need to go. He's got, like, one movie finally now, five years later, four years later. So I need to go watch that again, see how bad <laughs> it is. Wow. Okay. I guess if you want to do that to yourself, you're more you're more than welcome to. I Chris. I own it. It's on my shelf as as a relic of things you shouldn't do. Um, but uh, maybe I will. Maybe I'll go back and take a look if I'm feeling really 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 bored. I'll play I'll play my, my Switch while man, I'm watching it. And it's really bad. If you look up Josh Trank on IMDb, his still his like top his top labeled thing for his name is Fantastic Four. It says writer Fantastic Four uh, next to it. Um, uh, but it looks like he's working on some sort of adaptation of the rise of Theodore Roosevelt. So it seems like he's going the total opposite direction of action or science fiction and going into more of the historical route. So I was going to say, he's got a movie coming out this year with Tom Hardy, doesn't he? Uh, is it called uh, Fonzo? Fonzo, yeah. Is that soon? No. Well, it's, this is also it seems to be about Al Capone. So yeah. he's he's moving into more of a, a real real realism. So maybe that maybe that'll work for him. God bless him. <laughs> we'll we'll see. Um. Anyway, uh, we are not as well well versed on The Witcher either. Uh, like I said, I'm a gamer, Mike. I don't know if you heard that earlier in the show. I'm a gamer, but I've not I'm played... a gamer, and I won't apologize. Uh, I want to do what's called a pro gamer move here, uh, but I've not uh, played The Witcher games or never read the books. But they, Netflix is getting us hyped for this December 20th show by giving us the titles and a little sentence about each episode coming up here. Um, and, you know... Knowing this is getting in season two, I don't know if anyone's going to die in this show in season one or not. So I look forward to being, um, I guess, surprised. But uh, it, the the titles of these sound just like Game of Thrones titles. Mm-hmm. If it, I like, mean, the end's beginnings, Betrayer Moon, <laughs> of Banquets, Bastards, and Burials. burials. The, the only thing that's really, uh, uh, really uh, standing out here to me is it looks like it's going to be uh, episode uh, one, two, three, four, five, episode six, Rare Species. So I'm really curious more what the monsters and demons are going to look like in this show. And. Um, uh, usually uh, in these uh, streaming series, it, it, you don't get like the bigger stuff until the end. So maybe there'll be something cool. It says the hunt for a dragon is underway. Uh-huh. That's the kind of description of it. That sounds pretty cool. But uh, but beyond uh, beyond, I don't really know much about well, The Witcher. But to- you did you did bring up video games there uh, recently. So I have a video game thing that I can recommend uh, once you say your piece. Well, I was going to say here, um, episode two, four marks, and episode seven, before a fall, are both look like flashbacks episodes. Mm-hmm. So interesting on that one. And then the last was a, the Witcher family. So I'm interested to see how many more people or Witchers possibly show up at the end of this. Um, mm. Interesting. But that, that's, that's all I got to say for, the, for that. So go on. 
But my video game recommendation, this is not like a, a niche YouTuber by any means, but I've been kind of a, a binge-watching uh, Donkeys videos on YouTube. Have you heard of this guy, I, I uh, Chris? I have. I believe named, so. Uh, he has a very specific type of humor. I don't really know how to describe it, but that's mainly the reason why you watch these videos. He kind of is either like um, just editing clips of him playing a video game, or he's reviewing a video game, or he's doing just something incredibly uh, satirical or uh, or just a big farce on a video. Um, uh, he put up a review of Death Stranding recently that was just really funny because, like, he is, like, unabashedly reviewing a game from his point of view and with his humor. So he understands that people out there don't like the same games that he likes. So he'll just totally trash on a game, even knowing that a lot of people out there will like it. But just use his sense of humor. So uh, uh, go check out Dunky. I don't really know what his – I think that's just his – I think it's just slash donkey on YouTube, but his little avatar is like a, a donkey, if you will. So if you just want some just like bizarre kind of very specific niche video game humor, go check out donkey. I like the guy. He's funny. There you go. Mike's YouTube recommendation. <clears throat> on that note, uh, Batman is adding more villains to his cast. Uh, famous actor, John Turturro known for uh, his roles in the transformers films. Just, oh just yeah. 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 Uh, I always remember him as uh, Jesus in uh, The Big Lebowski uh, as one of my favorite uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's probably is what. Uh, I I think uh, Brother Where Art Thou. Yep. I, he's one of he's one of the three. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in that and as Carmine uh, Falcone, I believe is the the criminal boss. Um, like the I guess the not really. I guess he is it a mob boss or an underground boss. I don't really know this character as much as the other ones because he doesn't really have any superpowers. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not some sort of flashy, flamboyant villain who's like, "Hey, I'm the penguin. I look like penguins, and I have penguins with me," kind of thing. So, uh, I, I think this is fine, right? Uh, there's nothing really to, yeah, to pull out of this. No, no complaints here. I guess if you're casting a somewhat well-known uh, person for uh the role of a, a non superpowered uh, villain uh it seems like we are looking a little bit more of early days of batman not year 1 i think you you said this might be maybe year 5 somewhere yeah, in, in that realm because you have these villains already established so um I mean, uh, Batman doesn't have superpowers either, so still technically a bunch of mobsters with a gun is an adversary for the Batman, so we'll, we'll see funny, how that goes. It's funny you mentioned Year One because actually uh, Falcone uh, debuted in the comic book Year One. Hey! Uh, so it, it, he's part of that, but he also was in the Long Halloween series later as well, So, which I think mm-hmm. this is what what it will be based on. So, um yeah, I think it's fine. I think I remember specifically this character was in Batman Begins, because um, he was the one at doing the like he was at a restaurant or something when Batman or Bruce Wayne came back into town for the first time. So um, I, I remember that uh, very very frequently because he was he was the one who's like moving the drugs throughout the city. So mm-hmm. um, there's that. But yeah, John Turturro, great guy. I think, I think he's funny. So we'll see if he does funny or straight straight faced. The Black Adam movie dropped some very weird um, letters for us this week, Mike. Uh, The Rock has said that it will feature the JSA, which is the Just Society of America, and Uh will include characters such as Dr. Fate, Hawkman, (laughs) Adam Smasher, and Stargirl. Man, so uh, those first two, I really love Dr. Fate. I connect with him more from the Justice League animated series, and uh, I think he's also has a run in Young Justice, if I remember. Sometimes all of those characters and storylines in my head get mixed around, but the animated version on television of Dr. Fate is really cool. I love that character. I don't know if Dr. Fate was an answer to Dr. Strange or if Dr. Strange happened after Dr. Fate but they kind of they have similar i would say kind of power sets you know there's there's kind of magic cursed items and things like that but he's got, he's got like a cool helmet he's got a very cool visual look and then on top of that um i can't wait to see like a a, a big screen version of a hawk character either a hawk girl or a hawk man i think yeah. that'll be really badass yeah so the justice society of america um was like well, I think well before Justice League created in the comic books, and it used like some of the original, like uh, you know, as we 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 delve into the Flash in these shows, like the original Flash with Jay Garrick, 
Mm-hmm. Um, the original, you know, Dr. Fate, Hawkman's been around for a while. The original Green Lantern before Hal Jordan. So, like, this was, like, the original Justice League kind of thing. So, it was Justice mm-hmm. Society of America. And then they went on later to say it was in Earth 2 and Justice League was Earth 1 versions. And then later on, after that, they were like, never mind. The JSA is the 1940s, the World War II era of the Justice League kind of thing. Okay, well, um, I don't know much about the the age and the timelessness of Black Adam, but he's an alien, correct? He's not earthly, I, I believe think. so. But he was also, I mean, if this ties into, um, what was that one movie? that we Shazam. Just, Shazam, there we go. He would, could have been, he was technically that earlier, quote-unquote, Shazam that, that turned the power into revenge, that they leave that little hologram with him. Mm-hmm. So it could be, you know, a 1940s thing and he's locked away kind of thing. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, I'm trying to, you know, play with story ideas in my head. Like, you know, if this is kind of more of a period piece, that would be cool to kind of see maybe um, these kind of uh, more vintage costumes for these characters. Black Adam comes down from space, messes up stuff. Um, it's going to be strange because this is going to be like a a villain led movie which i which is weird saying right after the joker but we know we knew when we were watching the joker it was still in the realm of being a standalone film but now since it's made like a billion dollars it seems like we're getting more so it seems like does black adam ultimately win at the end of this movie and then the next time we see him he's in shazam and then gets his ass kicked you know i'm just kind of curious what's the turn of events there well i just did a quick search he he's actually an egyptian uh from like ancient egyptian times like an Egyptian. Oh, so he kind of has that ageless uh, uh, factor to him. So yeah, he just permeates through history. Yeah, and then, um, but you know, I think if this is set in the forties, maybe he originally is part of the Justice Society of America, and then something happens to him, and he's like, "Oh, all this is wrong. Uh, I'm fighting and then he, corruption," and then turns evil. Oh, I like that idea, like a slow descent into into evil so we'll see how that goes uh it seems like they probably will not go as dark as the joker rated r because black adam is going to need to go into uh and it's the rock uh, yeah yeah he can't he can't swear well i think he swears in ballers i haven't watched the the most recent season of ballers but i know he swears and he's around a lot of uh topless women in there so he can he can be an adult sometimes yeah well i think yeah but i mean with his if, if they're gonna use this for the draw of like the the family friendly rock who just got off the back of his fourth jungle cruise or whatever Jumanji movie he's making you know <laughs> did uh did you get around to watching the honest trailer for Hobbs and Shaw that came out uh I did like not yeah oh I probably need to watch that then <laughs> they were uh they were kind of talking about how uh even though the rock is this gigantic muscular man that I'm sure women all over the world swoon over he's never really been like a debonair love interest in any movie like he's either like a single dad or he's just kind of like either winking at women usually he's busy punching stuff or pulling things or like you know saving people i think they even mentioned in um i think it was the earth whatever earthquake movie he was in what was it, like san andreas san or something andreas, like that yeah. like he has like a family and stuff like that but like you know he's just going out there and rescuing most of the time usually there's just maybe like a kiss at the end and then in hobbs and shaw like when he, they're on the the scene when they're in the plane and he's uh talking to jatham statham saying all these like things he's gonna do to his sister once he gets her in his hands it just kind of all sounds very awkward then yeah. i started thinking about it it's just like yeah you never really see the rock really go for it like being wrong or like trying to swoon a woman i guess really in his life he's probably never had to try you know he's just got these big old muscles he just takes his shirt off and does all the work for him but i was just weird trying to think about the rock's sexual magnetism like he never really flexes that on screen you know that would be the same with tom cruise you never see him kiss a girl in any of the movies well is it just because he's creepy or i don't I, I think uh, Z, the laws of Xenu forbid him for laying yeah. with another, laying with another woman. Yeah, maybe I don't know, but we we have some Black Adam stuff here. I hope I mean this sounds like this movie's actually happening for once, which is surprising. Yeah, which is good. Which ties us to the next character. One of these characters is actually getting a DC Universe show, Star Girl, mm-hmm. um, and uh, apparently they'll be on DC um, Universe next year, and each episode will air on CW the day after. It premieres on, on DC Universe. Hmm. So, I mean, I don't really have much hype or 
expectations for the Stargirl show, but this bit of news might answer some questions maybe about HBO Max moving forward, because HBO Max is going to be uh, retaining and pulling in all of these streaming deals for like the CW shows. Like, If you don't know now, once a season of The Flash or The Arrow or Black Lightning or whatever, once those shows wrap at the end of the season, they uh, I believe a week later they land on Netflix to stream. So I was wondering, are they going to keep that same methodology with HBO Max and they want their main audience going to the CW and then like, you know, I guess eight months later, head on over to HBO Max to watch it. I hope that's not the case. It seems like if they're willing to put these stuff on the streaming service first and then also go to CW later, uh, I would love to be able to watch The Flash, I guess maybe that's a Tuesday show, I believe. So, I mean, I would love to either watch it the next day on HBO Max or maybe even watch it simultaneously on HBO Max. So um, I'm crossing my fingers for that because... uh, the CW app does not exist on the PlayStation 4. I have to bring my Roku from the bedroom into the living room if I want to watch any CW show, and then I have to sit through commercials, and it's just like, it's it's a whole thing. So, Wow. But the other thing with Stargirl is they are going to, uh, she's going to debut <clears throat> in the Crisis events mm-hmm. uh, very briefly until her show hits the spring. So that's probably why it's going to CW, because she probably has ties to those shows as well, unlike Doom Patrol and Titans. Mm-hmm. on DC Universe. So it's probably, yeah, that, probably with Berlanti, it's a split ownership, you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, that that crossover is impending. I think we're like maybe two weeks away from the crossover. I'm seeing first, lots of... First week of uh, December, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm seeing lots of promos start to come out. Uh, some like neck, some shoulder up shots of uh, Kevin Conroy as yeah. Batman. So that's coming soon. Uh, I, I haven't been, uh, admittedly, I haven't been keeping up with this season of uh, The Flash. How I dare think- you? I, th- I feel like I've just kind of, unfortunately, kind of have checked out of the CW shows. I feel like they're, it's just, they're sticking to, like, each show might have its own unique formula to it, but I'm just, once you kind of, once you kind of, once you kind of see the math written on the wall of how the season's going to go, I just kind of mentally check out. But the, the crossovers are always fun, unexpected. They're kind of like own little story written. So I'll, I'll be tuning into that. Um, Chris, I was going to ask you, since I brought up Roku just recently, have you experienced any streaming or buffering issues with your Disney Plus experiences over the last week? Not even once. So I uh, I would like to ask anybody out there who is streaming Disney Plus on the PlayStation 4 if they've run into any buffering problems because I was just trying to I was just a I was just a man trying to watch Frozen 1 on Friday night. I like every 10 or 15 minutes I ran into this really annoying buffering issue where the video stops playing but the audio keeps going for about 20 or 30 seconds and then everything just stops. And then you just have to wait around for the video to catch back up and it's this whole weird thing. So I was like, I feel like if this was a pervasive problem, I'd be hearing about it more online. So I Googled it, and it might be a, a unique problem to the PlayStation app just on its own. So uh, we brought the Roku into the main room and plugged it in, and absolutely no problems through the Roku stick whatsoever. So I don't know if the app on the PlayStation is just built bad, or if maybe Disney is segmenting their servers, depending on the device that you're using. So if anybody out there is having a problem with Disney+, Plus, maybe maybe just try a different device I, I that do. might be my xbox is fine as well i will tell Mm -hmm. you that because i actually watched (coughs) most of my stuff on my xbox this week rather or this weekend rather than during the week so Mm -hmm. i I don't know man it's just you i think it's user problem yeah maybe i'm I'm just an idiot chris that's all it is yeah well your word's not mine so (laughs) we'll do that well somehow we managed to squeeze an hour out of this show mike so uh i think it's time (laughs) to, to to save these poor people and let them and go enjoy their short week and their thanksgiving time with their their family and their friends and, and hope everyone has safe travels and a good time and if people want to know what you're doing for thanksgiving mike and what that pumpkin roll looks like where can they find you at uh, well the teat is officially dry on this episode of superhero slate so you can follow me at mike royer design on instagram and twitter you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to check out your food coma post later this week, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Volan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Volan87. Uh, you can also have a comic QI. I did not get to go to the convention this weekend, um, but I had a hard time with the people to get that far, so I'm not really too disappointed. But if anyone did get to go and had a great time, do let me know. I'm sorry I missed you there. Uh, people want to know... About all the other stuff we do, Mike, the swag we have, the other episodes of reviews, our Fantastic Four, 
review from 2015 where can they find all that at well i can only assume that review it would be cringe inducing for me now uh but you can find all of that stuff at superhero slate.com you can subscribe to us on apple podcasts youtube spotify and anywhere else you'd like to listen to podcasts head on over to our website to check out our show notes so we don't have a whole lot going on this week uh but we have a light a nice little link to that u.s agent uh logo on the field uh if you want to read josh trank's full review uh i don't really know what letterbox is or letterboxed but we got a link straight over there so you can learn what that is and maybe you can uh, 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 continue to understand the mystery that is Josh, Josh Trank. But you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We got merch over at superheroslate.com slash store. If you want to be uh, an awesome person that wears a podcast t-shirt to uh, a theme park like I did last week, get merch at superheroslate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. Please reach out if you've had that weird spice Sprite. I'm going to try to find some today like Chris is, and I'm curious what it tastes like. Uh, we love our weird holiday spiced flavored things, so be on the lookout for that. We picked up, we finally got our... Um, uh, I think it's I think it's Little Debbie the uh, the Christmas trees uh, the Christmas tree snack cakes uh, the vanilla flavor was all gone at the store but they had chocolate and the chocolate flavor in my opinion is superior Christmas tree snack so look out for that Chris um, but we love our super fans so whatever uh, whatever you want to do out there in the world if you want uh, if you want to be a super fan of Superhero Slate all you gotta do is share the show with a friend. Share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week, no matter the number of bullet points in our news document. <laughs> exactly. Even if it was one point, we would still find a way to make an hour out of it. So, uh-huh. haha. We will see you guys next week. All right. Adios. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Oh, my God. Uh, say something funny. I don't have anything funny to say today.